It's time for episode 129 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 23rd, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we talk the talk and watch the clock. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined by our returning co-host, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Hi, Dan. That was a really clever one. That's after 129 of these. They're not all you know, uh, gems, they're, but they're that not was a good all winners. One. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I, uh, I agonized for hours. But welcome back. You were away last week. So it's good to be back. It's great to have you back. And it's also great to have our two guests today. To my left from iMore and co host of the Isometric podcast right here on Relay FM, it's Ms. Georgia Dow. Hi, Georgia. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that was like a- that's her, that's her <laughs> voice from the Total Party Kill podcast, by the way, which she, <laughs> she's also that was on. menacing on the incomparable. That's right. <laughs> Thank that, you. It's a part half half dragon. Uh- yeah, exactly. Yeah. To my left, yeah. uh, I I am interested to see if she has a Dungeons and Dragons voice too. From <laughs> MacWorld, it's Leah Yamshan. Hi. No pressure on this voice, but hello. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, nice. Yeah, that nice. was great. Dragon voices all around. <laughs> I liked uh, that. We could have a voice Excellent. off. The entire <laughs> podcast today. We're going to do it like this. <laughs> and everyone will be able to understand every word. Yeah. That's a special feature that we add for subscribers, is you can just filter the podcast and hear it like that. But watch what you say. (laughs) Keep watching the clock. (laughs) I say. Um, And so we'll talk about four technology topics. I'll start off since I'm the designated co-host this week. In a somewhat surprise move, Monday after the Apple event, the FBI said, hey, you know what? Actually, turns out we don't need Apple's help to open that locked uh, iPhone from the San Bernardino shoot. We found another way, so let's just skip this whole pesky hearing thing. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Truth, evasion, you know, lucky coincidence for them. And do you think that this is the last time we heard of this, or is this just sort of the closing of a of a chapter? Georgia, what do you think? Well, right away, uh, right away when the, the government asked to bring on witnesses, whenever you call witnesses to a court case, that probably means that you cannot just rely on the court of law to be able to argue out your defense. And so um, I think that they saw that there were a little bit of holes in the case, and they didn't want to set a precedent um, so that they wouldn't be able to go after something when they have a stronger case to go after Apple. So I, I would, could see that, yeah, perhaps that they've uh, you know found a way to get through to it. Or they've decided that it really doesn't matter as much right now. And have we seen the last of it? No, definitely not. They're going to wait until they have an even stronger case with something that's even, they have even better emotional arguments so that they can have the backing of the public behind them. And that's what they started to lose out on. We saw as time went on and people learned more about what was happening with the uh, FBI's case, the, the case had more and more holes in it and public opinion started to sway towards Apple and they didn't want that. And so I think that they backed down and they're going to wait to have a stronger case and we are going to hear this all over for round two. I agree with Georgia. Uh, this is something that I, I think the real question for me is, did they decide to back down or did somebody else in the government kind of like do one of those <clears throat> kind of things where I, I, I can imagine a scenario where maybe the executive branch, you know, maybe the White House goes to the NSA or something and says, says, uh, can you help these guys out? Come on. 
help help these guys out. We we want to back off of this. We want we don't want to fight this fight right now. And uh, and the NSA shakes something loose that that uh, uh, or maybe yeah maybe somebody leaned on the FBI a little bit behind the scenes to say guys there's zero day exploits out there just do that let's not fight this fight right now but in the end i do think somebody somewhere decided maybe this wasn't the perfect case to pick a fight with apple on and that apple was gaining some momentum and has some legal things on their side and so yeah i think it's i think it's chapter one i do think we'll be back here um my hope the optimist in me says my hope is that this uh this will lead to a, a an open discussion about what the law should be and that uh that congress will take this up and that we will get some clarity from them about this rather than resorting to the all writs act which is like the hail mary of of laws that for that are used by <laughs> law enforcement did you say that we're gonna get some clarity from congress sorry <laughs> yeah. well I, I said oh, okay. I, I said that was my optimism talking okay. so. we don't need your canadian sass <laughs> it's true I totally agree with uh, you and Georgia. I think that the public perception of this case is definitely leaning in Apple's favor. So I think that uh, they decided to kind of back down until they could kind of build up a better uh, case in their favor. Um, So it does seem it seems like evasion to me. Um, they might be testing other methods. They they might possibly be trying some other um, techniques to try to get the information that they need in the meantime. But uh, it it just seemed it smells like invasion to me. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Yeah, unsurprisingly, we'll make it 4-4, and I will agree with all of you. As someone who watched a lot of the C-SPAN uh, hearings when they had them um, before the, the House committee, uh, it was fascinating to watch them really grill the FBI director on, like, well, have you tried this? There's literally one rep who I, I can't remember his name now, but has a background in sort of security. I think he worked in, like, car security and some some engineering and stuff like that, and asking him about, like, specific technological you know methods of doing this and the fbi director is clearly like uh i have no idea i don't know anything about any of this um so i i agree it seems awful convenient that that showed up uh just at sort of the 11th hour there it seems like the fbi was engaging a game of chicken with apple and apple totally won that one uh and that's definitely what the public perception is going to look like for the time being which is good for apple now is a good time for it to make hay on you know pushing forward congressional legislation or what have you so that it's not end up being decided by a court but um, yeah, I, I don't think we've heard the last of this for a long shot. I think encryption is going to be a, a big deal going forward. And as Apple makes its products ever more secure, uh, we're going to run up against this issue with law enforcement again sooner rather than later. Thank you all for that. Our second topic comes from Georgia. So Apple has made some fabulous pro- products and we've all enjoyed them. But in a Thunderdome battle of <laughs> Apple's failures, which product do you think would be the biggest of Apple's flops. Jason? I get to go first. I have never been more excited to be the first up for one of these questions. So many to choose from uh, in the Thunderdome battle. I'm going to put forth the, uh, the, the Power Mac G4 Cube, which everybody was totally convinced, at least Steve Jobs was totally convinced, was going to be this amazingly awesome product that everybody loved. And it turned out uh, that nobody wanted to buy it because it was, although brilliant in some ways, it was also completely impractical. Uh, hard to, it was, it was, it ran hot. It had some technical problems. It was, in, if people don't remember, it was basically a cube shaped Mac inside of like a Lucite container. Uh, it looked really cool, but impractical, super expensive. And it took a few 
few years after it after it died, uh, the Mac Mini I feel like is the true successor to the G4 Cube and a much more uh, reasonable product. Although even then, it's not like it set the world on fire. But that, that's my entry into the into the flop Thunderdome is uh, is the G4 Cube. Leah, I like that. My entry into the flop Thunderdome is the buttonless iPod Shuffle <laughs> circa 2009. <laughs> Good one. Because, hear me out, the iPod Shuffle was already like playing a game of Russian roulette with your iTunes catalog and your um, playlists that you synced up to it. But this just made it even more so because the button controls on the headphones were so hard to remember because you had to use that middle button on the volume control. It was like one click to go forward and three clicks to go back a song and two to, I can't even remember what they were because (laughs) I just felt like I was, I I had one, I was gifted one as a thank you gift um, for one of my internships, which was so funny. Yeah, those people didn't like you. They probably just had like a bunch of extras on hand and were like, here, interns, thanks for all your hard work. Um, we're so going to pay you an iPod shuffles. I I could just could never get it to do what I meant for it to do. And it was the most hilarious experience of all time. So buttonless iPod shuffle, never again. <laughs> That's a good one. Hard to top. Um, I think I would put on that list the iPod Hi-Fi the speaker dock that Apple made, I think about 10 years ago now, um, in which you, you know, they realized, hey, all these other people are sort of making these docks that you can plug your iPod into. Uh, we should really get a piece of that market. And so they had this really elaborate press event. I believe Jason was there. They had a really elaborate press event where they like mocked up like fake rooms. Yeah, like, like movie sets. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and had like the iPod Hi Fi there, but it was, it was really expensive. It was, as far as I understand, not a terrible product as far as these things went, but really no. expensive and didn't really offer much that was already, you know, to, to make it competitive against all the other speaker companies who were coming out with these things. And and so it died an ignoble death. And I'll put in an honorable mention for the uh, the hockey puck mouse, because, God, I hated that hockey puck mouse <laughs> that came with the original iMac, and I think it came with my original Power Mac G3, too. Terrible, terrible mouse. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for all of the <laughs> Thunderdome entries, clockwise. Um, I am going to throw in, yes, what I think, maybe not the most financial flop, but I'm going with Dan on this one, but I think that the one that everyone would want to get beat to death in the Thunderdome, which is exactly that, the hockey puck mouse. The <laughs> yes. amount of frustration, anger, a vitriol for this uh, ergonomical abortion of a mouse. Um <laughs> Is, is just so strong. I can think back to not knowing which way was up. Where is my mouse going? Why is something taken over control of my computer? And it's not me. And I've had a few smash battles with the mouse already. So that would be, uh, my entry into the Thunderdome. <laughs> Roman has a lovely bouquet of hockey puck mice in various colors <laughs> hanging from his desk. So we could, uh, I could, I'd gladly toss them into four the products down. enter. No, no products leave. <laughs> and then there's also, of course, the iPod sock, but it was kind of cute. So I'll, I'll leave that one. I thought <laughs> about the Lisa too. The Lisa, Lisa would have been a good, uh, possibility. There's a lot, a lot of good ones. Thanks for mentioning the iPod hi fi, Dan. That's a good one. No problem. I have one, I have one on my desk. I know you do. You're the only person I know who has one. It's still, it's a good speaker. I just, you know, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. Uh, that thirty pin dock is uh, really useful, it's right? Super awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, Jason, I believe that's two topics down. Do we uh, have time to, for a message from a from our special guest? We, we special all, sponsor? We always do, Dan. It's the uh, halftime sponsor. It, uh, this episode of Clockwise brought to you by Ministry of Supply. Everyday clothing should be smarter, right? We have smart watches and smart phones and other smart things in our lives. What about our clothing? Well, that's where Ministry of Supply comes in. They are creating clothes that are smart. They're designed for the needs of a body in motion, not for mannequins. We are all on the go all day. Our clothing should move and adapt with us. That's the vision at Ministry of Supply. These are people from MIT. That's right. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Smart people. But these people, rather than building like robots that will kill us all, are building uh, a, a company that makes amazing clothes. These are polished business clothes. They are engineered to provide technical benefits like body temperature regulation so you don't get too hot or too cold, sweat wicking fibers to keep you dry, stretchable fabric to allow you to move freely. Their most tech forward shirt is the Apollo. It's made with the same kind of stuff that NASA uses to keep astronauts cool in space. I'm not kidding you. Very comfortable shirt. I have one. It's pretty amazing. They commissioned a research study because they're science people, right? And they found that it's about 15 times more breathable than a 100% cotton dress shirt. That's right. Technology can beat cotton. And you can wash and dry them at home. You don't need to iron them. Seriously, they're easy to maintain and wrinkle resistant. So, find out more about Ministry of Supply. Shop online. Ministryofsupply.com slash clockwise. And if you use the code clockwise, you will get 15% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Or, drop into one of the Ministry of Supply stores and just say clockwise sent you and you'll get 15% off in the the store. Thank you to Ministry of Supply for being the halftime sponsor of Clockwise. All right, two topics down, two more to go. Uh, here's my topic. The uh, This week, Apple announced, among other things, the new iPad Pro. This is the 9.7-inch iPad Pro. Boy, that's a catchy name. Uh, um, 9.7, too. It's like, oh, decimals. Anyway, it's the size of an iPad Air. This is the standard iPad size. So my question for everyone is, first, does this name change to iPad Pro rather than, say, an iPad Air 3? Uh, change how you think of the product? And is it going to make any difference in in terms of iPods or iPad sales, which are quite frankly, uh, you know, flagging right now. So can this uh, can this turn it around? Leah, what do you think? So I think the name change definitely differentiates that this 9.7 inch iPad is different from the 9.7 inch iPads of your the the airline. Um, the Pro is marketed as more of a workhorse, and it has the features and the price to match that, even at this smaller size, which is really the like regular size or standard size of iPad as we're calling it. Um, it's I, I'm curious to see what Apple is going to do with the air down the line, if anything, um, or if it's going to quietly discontinue the airline um, ha, air comma line, not ha. the airline. Um, <laughs> Apple is doing an airline. Oh, my God. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Breaking. Uh, I still think that we might get an iPad Air 3 in the fall um, that isn't compatible with the Apple Pencil and doesn't have True Tone or the wider color gamut or some of the more powerful features, but it will have like a faster processor um, that will fall more in line with the Air's original pricing structure. Because I think starting at $100 more uh, probably won't do much for sales of, of the Pro line unless... Um, unless there are people that are going to be really taking advantage of these like more productivity um, centered 
features. Hmm. So we'll see. I wonder if iPad Air 2 prices will – or um, sales will go up now that they've dropped that price down a bit. Hmm. So we'll see. I think the uh, I think the iPad Air is essentially deadity dead dead. Um, I think the Air Two will stick around, um, and it will become basically the kind of like the iPad Two used to be, which was like the iPad that Apple will sell for years on end, uh, and they'll sell a lot of them because it's cheap, um, and it will continue to get cheaper. And I think eventually the Pro, um, the, the nine point seven, we've been calling it the iPad Pro Mini because I think that rolls right off the tongue, <laughs> uh, and I think that'll come down eventually, and we'll see it settle back down near that five hundred dollar price point. Um, as far as the pro being the pro versus the air, I, you know, was kind of struggling with this for weeks beforehand as these rumors came out. And I still think to this day, I mean, you know, pure marketing, that's, that's all it really is. I understand the appealing to the pro, um, you know, by saying it's got the same features as the larger iPad pro, but at the end of the day, you know, they could have called this the iPad air three and nobody really would have blinked. So I think that they're, what they're trying to establish is sort of, you know, a, a product that works as a PC replacement. And they harped very heavily on that on Monday. Um, I think that the iPad Air 2 sticks around to be sort of the cheaper entry-level iPad, but it's still a great... I mean, I have one. I love it. It's a great device. It's still super powerful. Um, there's not a lot that you can use on it that's really going to tax it from a technology standpoint, so it doesn't necessarily have the built-in features of the the Pro, you know, features the smart keyboard and the, the, smart and the pencil and what have you, but I think it's a perfectly good product for most people. Um, so I think we end up with sort of a bifurcated line where we have the iPad Mini... Uh, and the iPad Air 3 versus the the two iPad Pros, I think that will consolidate a bit more over time. But I, I am really skeptical that they're going to release a 9.7-inch iPad Air 3, if only because it just does not seem like enough differentiation between that and the Pro. There's so many iPads. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't sell so we, any of them. So we, have, so we have the iPad, the iPad 2, the new iPad, which is the third iPad, the <laughs> iPad 4th gen, like the iPad mini, the iPad mini 2. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting very confused. iPad Air, the iPad Pro Air. I don't know. Um, there's so many iPads. It's, it's just there's like too many. Like we need like three. <laughs> um, and I think that naming makes a difference in that you want – people to understand which is the one that they should buy. And right now, it's just such a mess and, and a huge difficulty. They need one that's going to be a low end and people know that that's the economy version for schools, businesses. It's going to be easy to get and it's just minimalistic. Then they need like, you know, a huge pro for, for you know, enterprise and, you know, people that are going to be doing work on it. And then they need to let you know that this is, you know, I, I like the word pro. I think that it's a good marketing idea, but like, I call it the Pro Air <laughs> because it's the size of an air. Like, it just makes sense so that people know that this is smaller but still has packs all the punch of a Pro at the same time. And then they can really just let the rest of them go to rest. Like, sometimes you're like, you know what? It's not going to happen. Let them go. It's okay. You can do this. Go for it, Apple. Um, so I think that, you know, they have to be really careful that they may, the, the way that they market their names. And I think that they learned that from, you know, the new iPad, which then was no longer the new iPad. So they had to give that up, uh, which, uh, you know, I think that they thought, okay, well, that maybe was not the best of marketing choices. <laughs> but I think that people just want what's newest and greatest. And as long as they let people know that, I think that they'll be okay. 
Yeah, the advantage of, of differentiating these iPad Pros by their size and not by their specs, by giving them numbers. I mean, they have numbers, 9.7 and, and, and 12.9. Woo! <laughs> but um, uh, the advantage is that, that it gets them off of the uh, iPad Air 3, iPad Air 4, iPad Air 5 train. And instead, I imagine that the next time these products get updated, they'll be like laptops. We'll just get an update to these two iPad Pros where they'll get better, but they'll still just be in their slots of what they are. And I think that's better. I think that I think that it is more understandable to have, you know, what what iPad do I want? I want the Pro one that's big, and you get it. And it doesn't matter if it's version one or two or three or four. It's just the one they're selling today. And I think that ultimately, I think it will be clearer, but it is confusing right now. I'm not sure if it's going to make any difference. I, I the advantage of having a new 9.7 inch iPad is that people love the 9.7 inch iPad, and essentially they've got two choices now. They've got the Air 2, which is a pretty amazing iPad even now, and then they've got this, like Georgia said, and and then they've got this uh, Pro one that's even more amazing in terms of its speed and its support for this extra stuff like the pencil. So you've got you've got some choices. Um, I'm not sure whether there's any global solution to uh, iPad sales. I think we're, we still are trying to figure out like uh, how often do people want to replace their iPad and what people use iPads for and is this a $15 million a year product or a billion dollar a year product for Apple or is it like 10 or 5? We just don't know. So we'll find out but um, anyway, I'm keeping my big iPad Pro by the way. I'm fine with it. Uh, one more topic to go. Leah, what do you have? All right. So with the iPhone SE, Apple went back in time a bit and chose to make an old design new again. What other products, features, or technology trend, anything along those lines from Apple or anybody else, uh, would you like to see make a comeback? Well, that is a great question. Um, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to pop open your computer and swap out some stuff. And Apple has really moved away for that for obvious reasons. Um, you know, it likes sort of providing this sort of unified, you know, this thing that feels like a single object, right? And so, you know, you got some iMacs where you can still open stuff up and swap out some RAM and whatever. And, and for a lot of Apple products, you don't necessarily need the ability to do that or there are other considerations. But I really would like to see Apple, you know, offer some more flexibility where it comes to swapping out components, at least on some of their lines. You know, I understand that for the, you know, the iOS side, you don't really want to pop open your iPhone or your iPad. That's fine. Um, but on the Mac side, since, you know, the Macs are becoming these more uh, truck-like machines, I think it'd be great if you could go under the hood and swap some stuff out. As someone who's taken apart an 11-inch MacBook Air to swap out the, the SSD in there, it's not impossible, but it's annoying. I mean, I remember that my old my parents had one of those old white iMacs where you could undo like three screws and just like pull the entire back off and everything was just laid out there. And that was great because, you know, if a hard drive broke or you know, RAM fried or whatever, it was easy to pop stuff open and swap stuff out without having to go all the way to the Genius Bar. Obviously, it's not a solution for everything. There's plenty of stuff that breaks that you can't fix in-house, but it would be great if there was the ability to do a little bit of tweaking in-house and at least if Apple didn't make it so difficult to do some of these things. I know Jason did a, a swap recently where he put in a, a SSD in his Mac Mini, um, and I know that's quite involved. I have a Mac Mini of the same model, and I'm tempted to do it, and then I look at the instructions for it and think, I'm going to break things. Yeah. Uh, so I would like it if they made that just a little bit a little bit more friendly for, for people who like you know getting getting their hands dirty. For me, I, I'm going to take, instead of going into the internals, as Dan did, I'm going to go right down to the marketing. I would love to see a... Um, return of the rainbow apple logo maybe something a little bit modern a little twist with it 
but they haven't really done anything with the logo in a little bit, and I miss it. So I think that we could go back being a little bit retro. I think that it would be a great statement just kind of to the world as well. And so I'm hoping to see something a little colorful come back. Well, as the proprietor of Six Colors, uh, and <laughs> I, I, I endorse this plan, uh, my throwback, well, one is that I'm a little disappointed that although I really do like the iPhone 5 uh, shape and design, and I am happy to see uh, it refreshed here. Next year is the 10th anniversary of the original iPhone, believe it or not. And um, I know, I know. And I really love that design. So I was kind of uh, the downside of having the, the iPhone SE happen t- today is that next year they could do the iPhone SE and have it look like the original iPhone, which in some <laughs> ways I think is the most attractive iPhone ever. In other ways, it's the ugliest. It's got things about it that are <laughs> awful, but also things about it that are really beautiful. Um, but no, my answer is going to be the uh, the airport uh, base station, which has uh, used to be this sort of like a uh, flat box that you could put somewhere and it's turned into this weird weird, tall, white plastic tower that's just super elongated and strange because the for the time capsule, they've got to put a, a, a hard drive in there and fit it in there. And I won't buy that model because I think it's really ugly and dumb mm. shaped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now I've got one of the flat ones. So let's great. throw it back. I want to, I want to, every time I see one, I just want to warm it up and then shove it, like melt it down, back down to flat. <laughs> just go back down you. So that's what I would like to see is I'd like to see a new design or the old design for the airport uh, base station let's go back to the ufo design jason oh that would be <laughs> even better days. Let's talk about impractical <laughs> great picks i love the idea of refreshing the apple logo and bringing the colors back um but i i put down the same thing as, as dan listed the swappable parts um i kept my 2009 macbook pro alive i mean it's still alive because i've been able to crack it open and swap out the ram and kind of mess around with its internals to give it a longer life and it's not that you know, I didn't need to do those things, but it was just fun to do those things. And if it's uh, if you can keep a machine alive, even for a little bit longer, um, you know, it, that that's a good thing. And especially if you can do it yourself. I don't have a lot of experience with uh, tinkering around with products, but this made it friendly enough that um, that I could do it and felt confident about it. So I wish I could do the same um, with my new MacBook Pro. So. Alas. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. Our our fourth topic. I think we have just enough time for a bonus topic. Spring has officially sprung. I mean, technically speaking, not around here. But hey, uh, what's your favorite or least favorite part of the season, Georgia? <laughs> okay, well, this is the truth. And I think that I'm probably not the only one that feels this way. Um, but for me, the worst part of spring is the um, fresh fertilizer scent that is often (laughs) in the air (laughs) in the spring. um, You know, the flowers, fabulous, love that. Um, The fresh, dewy air, I'm all in. But um, yeah, I could go without the fresh fertilizer scent. Uh, for me, yeah, the negative would be allergies, I suppose, but I'm going to try to keep it posi- positive. Uh, the return of baseball, because I love baseball, and baseball comes back this time of year. That's great. And also, it's the uh, annual change where I can actually work in uh, and walk around the house wearing shorts instead of having to wear pants because it's so cold here in California in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel any sympathy for you, no, Jason. Nope. Your snuggies Nothing. there. Nothing. 
So when I lived in the um, when I lived on the East Coast, the first couple of days of spring were my favorite days of the year because people were just in the best mood. So I love spring because of the happiness that it brings. Truly, Aww. I know that sounds so Aww. cheesy, but I love it. No, man. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Easter Bunny. Wow. Bok, bok. Yeah. <laughs> you're all you're all gonna make me feel super guilty for for harping on about allergies, like Jason said, which is my worst oh, part of worst. spring. But it's it's just uh, yeah, I like that it gets warm finally. But I wish that all those trees didn't have to spew their pollen <laughs> everywhere. It's really inconsiderate, guys. Jeez. It's rude. It's rude. Yeah, it's downright rude. You're darn right. Uh, well, I think that's all. Uh, so all that remains is to thank our guest, Georgia Dow. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And Lady Amshon, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Jason, that's it. That's another one in the books. This podcast is over. How was that? <laughs> I like that's that. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Thunderdome. I'm just going to keep saying that all day, Georgia. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week. Who knows what will be in the Thunderdome then. Uh, but until then, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.